Well, overall, when it comes to putting something into what matters most to us, we tend to take it pretty seriously. For example, we care a lot about what we put into our cars and, in many cases, what we place onto our lawns. We certainly care deeply about what we feed our kids and even, to a certain extent, what we feed our pets. But more than anything, we care a lot about what we put into our bodies. In fact, what we put into our bodies has become a multi-billion dollar industry. All kinds of corporations and companies think they know what we should be putting into our bodies. And while it's great that we take care of our bodies and that we pay attention to eating a healthy diet and whatever else goes into our bodies, it just seems interesting to me that we seem to lack a concern for what we put into our minds. I mean, for whatever reason, we just don't seem to recognize the need for mental balance, which is kind of ironic because what we put into our bodies is nothing, it is nothing compared to what we put into our minds. We are continuing on in this series that we've been in now for a couple of weeks called Balanced. And the goal is, is pretty simple. It's just to help you become all that God wants you to be. And to do that by enjoying truly a fully balanced life. And so over these last couple of weeks, we've been looking at how to do that. How to enjoy personal balance. How to enjoy emotional balance. Last week, how to be balanced spiritually. Today, what I want to look at is how to enjoy and experience mental balance. In effect, how to screen or filter what goes into your mind. To be careful about what you think about. And the Bible has a lot to say about what you have to think about. It's very clear, in fact. Philippians 4, verse 8. Let's read this together. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Right, so in order for you to enjoy a life of mental balance, you need to guard what you think about. You need to guard what you allow into your mind. But how do you do that? Well, before we can even go there, there are two laws concerning your mind that I need to share with you. The first law is simply called the law of reflection. And the law of reflection says what you think will be reflected in how you live. So how you think and what you think about is going to shape you and impact who you become as a person. For example, people who are kind are people who are reflecting the fact that on a regular basis they think kind, compassionate, and caring thoughts. See how that works? Whereas people who are angry are people who are reflecting the fact that on a regular basis they think thoughts that are more hostile and resentful. So basically, this law says you are what you think. And the way you think is going to shape your life, shape who you are as a person. Okay, it's going to create your attitudes, it's going to shape your emotions, it's going to affect your behavior, it covers everything about you. And Jesus recognized that. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 7, 18, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. 
right? So when your thoughts are, are healthy and sound, it's going to lead to a good God-honoring life. If your thoughts are diseased and sinful and damaged, it won't. It cannot because you are what you think. Okay, and that's the law of reflection. The second law is the law called the law of exposure. And the law of exposure says whatever your mind to is exposed to the most, okay, repeatedly, it will think about those things the most. And that makes sense, right? So whatever your mind is exposed to again and again, whatever you think about on a repeated, regular basis, that's going to impact you. Ultimately, it's going to shape you into who you become as well. That's the law of exposure. What amazes me is how people are surprised by this law when they see it actually being played out. You know, children are exposed to thousands of acts of violence on TV and movies and video games and the internet, and yet everybody seems shocked when they see that those acts of violence played out in, in, in the schools or in their neighborhoods by the, you know, these, uh, by, the, by the kids who watch it. Or we, we... We are flooded with sexually explicit images and messages everywhere we turn. And yet we seem shocked or surprised when we hear about marriages that are crumbling or sexual addictions that are growing or even sexual exploitation type crimes that are on the rise. Guys, it's because of the law of exposure. And no matter how hard you try, you are not immune to this. Trying to avoid this law is like trying to avoid gravity, all right? It doesn't work. And I, I've heard people, it's amazing, people will come up to me, they actually say this. They'll say, I can watch whatever I want. They'll say, I, I can read whatever I want. I can listen to whatever I want. It won't affect me. That's a lie. It is just, it is a lie. The events you attend, the materials you read, the music you listen to, the images you watch, the jokes you tell, the daydreams you entertain, everything that flows into your mind is going to shape your mind. And that in turn is going to shape your character, which in turn shapes you. And that's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10.5, take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Now the good news, there is good news. The good news is that through the suffering and death of Jesus Christ, you and I, we get a clean slate through faith in him. Right? We are forgiven of all the garbage that we have allowed to be dumped into our minds. When you come to God and when you humbly confess and repent of your sins to God, when you say, God, I'm so sorry, you can believe, you can believe that God will give you as a gift his grace earned through the blood of Jesus Christ. He will forgive you. All right? He will restore you. Praise the Lord. And he will do it for no other reason than the fact that he loves each and every single one of you. Colossians 2, verses 13 through 15. Would you read these verses with me, please? God forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us. He took it away, nailing it to the cross. Right, so Jesus nailed to the cross every single one of your dirty, filthy, garbage-filled thoughts. He nailed to the cross every single one of your sinful actions and every single one of your sinful words. He died and covered it all. And when you believe, 
when you believe that Jesus is the Savior, not just of the world, but your personal Savior, that he died for you, you can also be just as confident and believe. You can be just as confident and believe that that gift of cleansing forgiveness is yours from God. He does it. He does it all. But he doesn't stop there. He continues by giving you his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit who gives you the ability, the capacity, the desire to want to guard your mind and govern your thoughts and to live a life of mental balance. Okay, God, the Holy Spirit will help you do that. But you can't just sit on a couch and just kind of be there and, and you know, let it, you know, God's just going to automatically give it to you. You have to fight the good fight. Okay, you know as well as I do, there's all kinds of stuff that is vying for your mind's attention. And so you have to fight as well. And what I'd like to do in the time that I've got left is share with you a couple of things that you can do with the Spirit's help, of course. You can't do it without His power. But a couple of things that you can do that will help you to live and enjoy a life of mental balance, all right? So one thing you can do is certainly monitor your thoughts. This is so important. It is so important to be aware of what is going into your mind, because if you are not aware of what is going into your mind, it is easy to slip into certain sinful thought patterns that are so subtle, you don't even know they're there. You don't even know that you're thinking damaging, destructive kinds of thoughts. So you want to be careful to monitor those thoughts and so that you can enjoy that mental balance. Now, what I'd like to do is challenge you in a, in a little way. I'd like to challenge you actually in a couple of ways today. Um, my first challenge is to help you monitor your thoughts is to challenge you to ask yourself two questions. Okay, and these are questions you, could, you should be asking on a regular basis, if not even a daily basis. Okay, two questions. First question is this. What's running through my mind right now? Okay, that is a question you just need to be constantly asking yourself. What am I thinking about? What am I thinking about? Right? If you're in, let's say, for example, you're in heavy traffic and somebody cuts you off, that's a good time to stop yourself and think, okay, what am I thinking about? Are my thoughts really um, admirable and excellent and praiseworthy? Right? So you guys are chuckling because you know that that's not the natural reaction when somebody cuts you off. You're not thinking those thoughts. You may be thinking about waving but not using all five fingers. So, you know, you want to, you, so when that happens, what you want to do is you want to capture yourself in a sense and control your thoughts and think something different. Instead of, when somebody cuts you off, instead of going down that path that is, you know, that sinful reaction, you want to instead say things to yourself like, oh, well, maybe they're running late and, and they need to get someplace quickly. Or maybe they're just having a bad day. Right? Or, or maybe, maybe they just didn't see me or, or whatever. And I know it's hard to do that in those moments. I know it is. But it can happen. Because with God, all things are possible. Right? Yes or no? Yes. So those thoughts are possible too. And so, to, you know, if you're going to maintain mental balance, monitor your thoughts and ask yourself on a regular, what am I thinking about? Where's my mind? Second question I want to challenge you to ask yourself is, where do I often get into trouble? This is another important question. Where do I keep slipping up? Where do I keep stumbling? Now, for some people, they stumble with their temper. Other people, they get tripped up with jealousy or selfishness. 
For others, it's greed or it's sex or it's acts of dishonesty, whatever. If you're going to enjoy and experience a life of mental balance, you need to monitor your thoughts. Part of that is just, what am I thinking about right now? And then second, what keeps tripping me up? So that, so that you can avoid it. All right? That's the first thing. Second thing is to pay attention to the law of exposure. If you want to maintain a life of mental balance, pay attention to that second law we talked about. Pay attention to what you are exposing your mind to on a repeated basis. Now, as a Christian, you want to expose your mind to those kinds of resources that are going to allow you to maintain or have healthy mental balance. So you want to expose your mind to more God-honoring kinds of resources, Books, music, podcasts, hang around Christians, whatever it is that's going to have your mind move in a direction to the right kind of thoughts, while at the same time protect your mind from the wrong kinds of thoughts. Does that make sense? So, so here's, here's my second challenge for you. It's another question. To help you to you know, just pay attention to that law of exposure, ask yourself this, will this move me toward thoughts that are pleasing to God or away? And again, we all struggle in different areas. Right? We all have very unique struggles. Some of us, for example, struggle with laziness. A lot of people, believe it or not, struggle with laziness in our society. In fact, it's kind of become the unmentionable sin of our culture, but it's out there and it's real. In fact, anyone want to take a guess as to what the number one activity is that promotes laziness? Anyone want to take a guess what that number one activity is? TV? That's right. I'm going to just change it to screen time, though, because you can watch TV on your phone, on your tablets, or, you know, laptop. So screen time. You know, if you're watching a TV show or a movie or if you're binge watching something on Netflix, it just deflates the air out of the tires of your mind. And and it does it because it says, you don't have to think. You just sit there and zone out. You don't have to evaluate anything. You don't have to reflect on anything. You don't have to decide anything. You just sit. And remember what what Paul said. Remember, we, we read this just a moment ago in Philippians 4. Paul's saying, think about all that is true and noble and pure and admirable. (laughs) And because screen time rarely allows you to think those kinds of thoughts, here's yet another challenge for you. Try this. Try to go one week without any screen time. Now, there's a collective gasp in this room. I know. So, and because I know Super Bowl Sunday, we're gonna, you, you, can do, you can do this week if you're really feeling that way or another week, but try it. Try, try it. Because... And here's why. If you, if you try, you will open up your mind to all kinds of other opportunities that can be beneficial to you. Maybe you'll be able to read a book that you wouldn't have otherwise, but they can grow and stretch your mind and help you become the person that God wants you to be. Maybe you'll have time now to have those conversations with those family members or other people in your life that you wouldn't have had otherwise, but conversations that because of who these people are, Fill your mind with gratitude and joy. See how that works? So, you know, regardless of whether it's, you know, laziness that you're struggling with or something else, the point is to pay attention to the law of exposure. 
to pay attention to what it is that your mind is being exposed to again and again and again and again. And then ask yourself, is this helping to lead me in a direction that's you know, going to be honorable and true and noble and God-pleasing? Or is it pushing me the other way in a way that's damaging my life and leaving me out of balance? So first, monitor your thoughts. Second, pay attention to the law of exposure. Third, if you want to enjoy a life of balance, mental balance, meditate on God's word. Meditate on God's word. And the Bible has a lot to say about meditating on those words that are within that book called the Bible. Uh, Psalm 1 verse 2. Would you read this verse with me, please? Blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. Right, so... So, so, in other words, a, a follower of Jesus Christ, someone who follows Jesus Christ is going to be someone who is just going to want to meditate on God's word every chance they get to the point where it just becomes a habit. It just becomes this natural reaction, just something that they do. It's like breathing. Okay, now I realize that the word meditate, that's a kind of a scary word for people. But understand, meditation is simply when you take a thought, right, and you, and you dwell on that thought and you kind of soak, your, you're just kind of soaking it in and letting it take root so that it impacts your life. And because I want to help you enjoy a life of mental balance, and one of the ways is to meditate on God's word, let me share a couple of things that I believe will help you move in that direction of meditating on God's word. One thing, just flat out, is memorize parts of scripture. That's it. And the Bible has a lot to say about this too. Psalm 119, verse 11. Read this verse with me. I have hidden your word in my heart. Right, so the psalmist is saying, God, I have memorized your word. It's not just in my heart, it's in my mind. And I, and I realize that memorizing and remembering things could be a struggle, that it's hard and people don't like it. So let me just reassure you that when I talk about this idea of memorizing scripture, it's not, the goal is not to see how many verses you can cram into your brain. Don't do that. It's more on the line of just getting to that point where you know and you can recall God's word to the point where it impacts your mind. Okay, and, and then it, and it, and it helps to change how you think, which in turn, turn helps to change how you live. Right? It's just this constant reminder of, of the path that you should be taking. And so it, ser it serves as a filter, kind of as a screen, like I mentioned earlier, so that everything that you say and the way that you act and the, how you live and the decisions you make and all of those things are based upon that word of God. So memorizing scripture is important. It's not important so that you get brownie points with God. You're not doing it to you know, show how spiritual you are. You are doing it. Keep in mind, you are doing this to transform your mind. You're doing it to transform your mind so that as you walk through the journey of life, you are thinking different kinds of thoughts, which in turn lead to a different kind of life. All right? So that's one thing you can do. Memorize scripture. Second thing is to use symbols as cues. Use different objects that are available to you, readily available, as a cue, as a, as a kind of a little thing that sparks the, the memory banks into who God is, what he's done for you, how he wants you to live. And these symbols can be anywhere, right? They can be in your car, they can be in your office, on your desk, in your home, it can be anywhere. And they can be anything. 
Let me give you an example of one that I have. This is actually a print. This is a print that my daughter-in-law gave me. Uh, it hangs in my office. Um, and this print simply reminds me of the pain, the suffering that Jesus went through, and, and not just for the world, but for me, for me. I mean, I, I see the crown of thorns. I, th- I see the crown of thorns on his head, and I think about just how much that must have hurt him. Even before he was nailed to the cross, the pain he experiences, that was jammed onto his head. And how he experienced that pain for me, for all the, the garbage that has polluted my mind. And, and so this is just a symbol that I have hanging in my office. I walk into my office, I see it every day. It's right there. And it reminds me of what Jesus did, how he died, how he paid for my sin, and he did it for me. He did it all for me as a person. Another uh, symbol, and it's actually a couple of symbols that serve as cues for me, are these pictures. Now, you can't see them very well, but these are pictures of my family. Pictures of my, my wonderful wife, Carla, my three grown kids, my amazing granddaughter. And, and these are just reminders to me about what a wonderful God I have. I see these pictures and I think about how I have been so richly blessed. I think about how I love them, how I want to build them up and, and lift them up. I think about how I have, this, uh, I have the ability to influence them and I want to influence them in a positive, God-pleasing kind of way. I think about the, uh, I, I think about the, um, the, the relationship, the formative relationship that I have with them as their father. And even though they're, they're grown, right, they're paying their own taxes and they're living in their own places, yet I'm still their father. And how that formative relationship with me as their father impacts their relationship with their heavenly father. So, so all of those things are, are things that I, I think about as, as I see those pictures. I don't think about them all the time, but they're just symbols that serve as cues. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a print. It doesn't have to be a photograph. It could be a rock. It could be a nail. It could be anything. But it's another way that can just spark for you information into your mind. It, can, it just can pull into your mind who God is, what he's done for you, what he expects of you, how he wants you to live. A third thing, to help you maintain mental balance, and this is pretty simple though, it's just, or pretty obvious I should say, is to follow Jesus' example. Jesus did all kinds of things to fill his mind, right? Things that would help him enjoy mental balance. One was to go off on his own. He would go off someplace and just get away from the messages that would bombard him and that would drag him down, and you can do that too. Or Jesus would saturate himself with God's word. He'd learn scripture so that it would fill his mind. And you can do that too. Jesus would pray. He would talk to God. He would would have this mind connected in this regular interchange, this conversation throughout the day, every day. And you can do that too. And he served people. And he served people in a way that allowed his mind to keep, you know, to stay forefront in his mind that he is, he came to be a servant. And you can do that too. You know, Jesus did all of these things because he saw they were important. And if he saw that they were important for his mind, we should see that they are just as important for our mind. Bottom line is that 
God wants you to experience mental balance. He wants you to guard your thoughts. He wants you to protect what you think about. And he wants to help you. So my invitation to you is ask him. Go to him in prayer and ask him. Say, God, I want a new mind. I'm tired of this old mind that is leading me into all kinds of foolishness and, and dumb choices and pain and, and a life that is out of balance. Ask him. Say, God, you know, in a world that is filled with messages that are toxic and twisted and self-absorbed and, frankly, evil, fill my mind. I would love to have a mind that is filled with excellent, admirable, praiseworthy thoughts. Ask him. And then know that he will, because that's his will for you, to help you experience and enjoy mental balance. So let me just challenge you a couple of ways this week. First, I'd like you just to think about, I'd like to challenge you to think about those areas where you get tripped up, those areas where you get into trouble mentally so that you can then avoid them. So ask God to help you to monitor your thoughts. Ask those two questions. What am I thinking about and where do I get into trouble? Second, take the screen time challenge. And again, it doesn't have to be this week. It could be some other week. But just try it and, and see how much time opens up for you and what you can do with that time in a way that'll be not only a blessing to you, but to others. Maybe you want to use that time to work through those four key practices. Remember those little stickers that we handed out? You know, to connect with God, to follow God's lead, to love others, to restore relationships. Maybe you've got some extra time. You can work on loving others or restoring relationships, whatever. But, but take the screen time challenge. And if you do, let me know how it works so then I can decide whether I want to do it. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I've done it before. It is hard at first. But you really, you open up all kinds of time for you. All right. Third thing, identify symbols as cues. Again, these can be anything. But the goal is to use something, anything, that will just trigger in your mind who God is, what he's done for you, and empower you or energize you to want to live a God-honoring kind of life. And, and enjoy the blessings that God loves and longs to flow into your life. That'll spill out into the lives of those around you. Why? Because you are living a life of mental balance. So would you pray with me, please? Let's pray. Father in heaven, we praise you for being such an awesome God a God who guides and directs us with your wisdom and word. Lord, I pray that you would keep us aware of the fact that what we are exposed to in our minds, what we think about, it, it really does impact who we are and how we live. So Father, help us to monitor our thoughts, expose our minds to what is lovely and pure, and spend time absorbing, meditating your, on your word that we might have a, a mind that is filled with excellent, admirable, praiseworthy thoughts. Lord God, we love you and we pray all this in the great name of your son, Jesus. Amen.